0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit RealLifeChurchKc.com. Well
1: good morning and welcome to Real Life Church. Hey, whether you're here with us in person at Kentucky Trail
2: or joining us online, we are so excited to have you here for this Red Sunday, looking forward to the Chiefs game this afternoon, but hey, first we're going to worship God today. I invite you just to go ahead and stand to your feet, worship God with us this morning.
1: to be alive in his house today, to be able to worship with y'all, and as we just continue
2: worshiping today, we're going to sing about how amazing God is and that way maker that he is in our lives, so I just pray that you truly do kind of let that rest in your soul today, that he is a way maker.
1: I worship
3: Your endless love Pouring down on us You have made us new Now life begins with you release from my chains I'm free pretty- Displayed on a criminal's cross. And darkness rejoices though.
2: And my life began. That to me sounds like freedom. Come on, somebody. That freedom got me fired up this morning. And if you can't hang with me, I'm sorry, but that is exciting. We got to check out these verses. Get on this. You ready? Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes. Somebody, next verse. This one's good too. Check this out. We got to stop in the middle. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves. It does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you can't get excited about that, I really cannot help you. Somebody came up to me this morning they say, hey, how you doing? I said, "Fan." Fantastic. Listen, I do not dabble in subpar days any longer. I don't have bad days. Even when it's bad, it's still great. Amen? So neither are you because we're hanging out today and I don't deal in that stuff. Got it? So I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell him, you know I'm feeling fantastic. There you go. Go ahead. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a load off of your feet. What What? good morning? Welcome. Man. We got some good looking people in this church. It's so good to see you guys this morning. If you are new here, I want you to know that so much has gone into this for you because we do all of this to represent Jesus to you, and we are so happy that you are here. And I would love it. It would be an honor to me if you would text RL New. To nine seven zero zero zero. Nothing crazy is going to happen. Just somebody's going to reach out. They'll say howdy. You say hi back. Something simple. Or if you're online, welcome. Good morning. Hope you're enjoying your French toast. I'm sure you're eating right now. You can click on a link in the description uh, down there, and it'll send you to that. You get signed up that way. However, if you are here, we're still passing out free gifts, but only if you go to the new here booth. I would love to give you a free gift, but you got to go over there. And hey Guys, our mission here. We want to see people that far from God discover real life and purpose in Jesus. And that's just some of the ways that we do that. And other ways we do that is called Next Steps. After the service, this service, it's the Dream Team. And guys, I don't know how they allowed me to sneak on to the Dream Team. I kind of came in in the middle of the night and just signed up. Nobody saw me. But it's incredible serving with these people who are genuine in their faith and just want to express that and serve however they're gifted. It's been such an honor and every day I'm just excited about it and I grow from it. So I really want you to go, I want you to check it out. Maybe you got some excuse you can't go. I understand that, that's why next week, we're gonna cram all four of these steps into one session. And we're gonna do it at Sean's house at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I've already told you about Diane's coffee. I'm telling you, it's incredible. You've got to go and you can discover all of them in one shot and go hang out at Sean's house, it's incredible. But guys, we're still in the Warrior Series. How you feeling in the Warrior Series so far, good? They don't like it. They don't like it. They love it! Come on, somebody. All last year, we were getting punched out, or trying to get punched out. The only person getting punched out around here is Conor McGregor, and that happened last night. You didn't get punched out, right? Nobody saw the fight last night, did they? Nobody. You did, my man. One guy. Cool. Fine. But guys, we're in this series. And Sean has a powerful message today, and I just want to say on a personal level, one of the stories that he is bringing this morning is one of my favorite stories. It's a little bit depressing, but if you look at it from a father's heart and from a father's perspective, it just gets me every time. And so I love the word that God has put on your heart, Sean, for today. So, guys, enjoy. Warrior, here we go. I don't wish to waste my life on futile matters. To for those of you who do I say do not see that
1: stone.
3: The fight
2: that is before us is but the calling to awaken one's soul. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, The kingdom of God is within man,
1: not one man nor a group of men, but in us all.
0: Come on, it's Red Sunday. I know if there's any football warriors in the house. Come on, where's my football warriors at? Let's hear it. <laughs> for you guys. I love Brian, man. It was awesome. Uh, it was Red Sunday, so he came in his Calvary ba- uh, Bible College shirt. Go Calvary Bible College football team. They don't have a football team, do they? They're called the Warriors. That's- oh, they're called the Warriors. Come on, dude. There you go. They need it, because there's two of them, so they need to be mighty. Um, man, I love- <laughs> Sorry, man. I just saw your shirt. I was like, I gotta say something. Oh, uh, But, man, last week, I think it maybe jinxed Patrick Mahomes a little bit. I don't know. I, I said something about, don't pull a Lamar Jackson, and then the boy pulled a Lamar Jackson, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to say anything negative, but I'm going to say, I'm just to make a prediction. Um, I'm just going go with Chiefs Super Bowl winners with playing the Green Bay. That's all I'm going to say right now. I'm going to throw that out. That's me. If you don't like that, it's cool. But um, I'm telling you, no, no negativity on Patrick Mahomes this week. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? We've got a great backup quarterback. Come on. <laughs> I forgot all the memes they had on him, but it was amazing. So um, do what? Anything's possible. That was it. Dude, that should be the title of the message today. Come on, it's amazing. Hey, can you guys help me out real quick? Can you guys, man, give some honor to my wife, Diane? Do my family? Come on, give it up. My friends, give it up for Diane. She's looking all like, can't even tell you what I was thinking. Rocking up here. Um, but anyway, I would say thank you for uh, allowing me to um, make sermon illustrations out of you guys my family, every week. You missed the first gathering, so it was like an empty chair. I was like, thank you, empty chair. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting me do that, and my family, and to my friends, because, I don't know, if you're you're close to a pastor, you just turn to a story. Come on. It's just true. It's just what it is. Like, Barry's a lot of fun to make fun of, isn't he? I mean, he was sitting where you're sitting, and his dome was reflecting. I, I couldn't see anything. last. I'm just making fun. Come on, dude. My daughter came home a couple weeks ago, and, um, she, we're working on the car, and she says, are you still making fun of me during the messages a little bit? I was like, every chance I get, sweetheart. Come on, Julia. I said, actually, not really much anymore. And so back in high school, it was really easy. I didn't have to write a message. You made one for me every single week. You know it's true, right? Teenagers are like, dude, I've got something to preach on this week, right? Although you shouldn't do that as a pastor. It's terrible for your kids. But they secretly love it, but they they do kind of hate you. Now, if you want to be a friend of mine, that's cool. Just know you're going to find yourself in a message someday. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do something amazing like a Nitro Circus moment, you know, like you just land that thing, it's great. You're going to get a message. If you don't land it, you're going to get a message. Either way, like you hang out, we're going to eventually have a story to tell. So, Um, But today I want to use a sermon illustration and uh, just talk about my dad. And uh, my dad, I don't know about how your dad is, but my dad, uh, I call him a weekend warrior, all right? And I'm not referring to drinking on the weekends, okay? Uh, he had a project every single weekend of my life. I know about you. Anybody in your life, do you have, like, project kind of people on the weekends, anybody like that? You just got a whole bunch of stuff you got to do? Put your hands up. Where's my project people? You got to stay busy. You're, going to, you're just going to go insane. few. You gotta have a project. You gotta keep working. Anybody, that's how it was. I, I when I was growing up, I saw my dad every other weekend, and I just swore that he saved all his projects from when I came over with my brother. Come on, somebody. Hashtag free labor. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, yes, yeah, digging holes, building walls, pulling out concrete, you know, you name it, we did it. It's just what it does. And now he gets he's older, you know, and it's just turned into like it used to be the grass was anything that grows is green, it's cool, you know. Can't see it riding by on a fast horse, you know. And now it's like everything has to be perfect. So he's like the yard guy. You know, it's immaculate. So, and it's kind of coming out blood lately. So I've got issues. Somebody dumped a bunch of salt in my yard. They're plowing. I'm like, my grass is dying. I'm, I've got too much of my dad in me about the yard right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's what my dad is. It's always a project. And uh, he always had some sayings that always stick with you. Uh, he always had low tolerance. We call boneheads, right? Like just, that guy's a bonehead. Bonehead, bonehead. He's just going on a rampage. And I don't know how your dad was, uh, but my dad, he expressed emotion, uh, like many of you probably do, um, through like a deep, heartfelt sarcasm, right? Come on, where are those guys at? That's you, right? You know it's you. Just completely sarcastic all the time. My dad always started a joke with, uh, hey, I saw this on the inside of a porta potty My dad worked construction, and so he'd read the, read the notes, and then uh, he still ends every joke with, hey, can you work that into a sermon? Um, it's just what it is, you know, like worked, I have yet to work a joke <laughs> into a sermon. It's just like not the right type of joke, right? Um, it's just what it is. Uh, I'm not going to try to work a joke in, but he always thinks he's getting a joke out of me. And uh, so today I want to talk about fathers. So we'll talk about what it is to have a father in your life. And for some of us, maybe we have been hurt by our parents. Maybe hurt through relationships with a sibling. And we walk around with something we're going to call the father wound. And this term came from a man named Robert Bly. And it was made popular by a book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. It's a book towards men. I want to just give you a little extra of this book, and it says this. He says, every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow in the center of his heart. It's in place of his strength. He says, because the wound is rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound, and the wound is nearly always given by his father. This is the father wound. And so today, we're talking about warriors. I can't think of one thing that stops people from becoming a mighty warrior than a wound. And so today we're going to talk about the wounded warrior. There's so often that we're holding ourselves back because somebody spoke some negativity over us. Maybe somebody didn't believe in us. Maybe somebody was absent. Maybe somebody wasn't there for us. And you you grew up in a a world where you didn't believe in yourself. You're looking for affirmation and you didn't find it anywhere. And there's this wound that happens inside our hearts. And today I want to be super clear. This isn't a father bashing message. Amen. Somebody got to say amen on that one. We're not tearing down dads. Dads are not the enemy. Come on, somebody. We got to be 100%. We 100% clear? I'm not tearing down fathers. not tearing down parents. But I'm just telling you, there's real wounds that happen because they're real. Like, well, I want the highlight reel, but then there's all the hurt that comes with it. We got to learn how to deal with that. And sometimes warriors we're put a strong on the outside, but on the inside there's a wound, and we're walking with a limp. And it's not just dads to sons, or it could be moms to daughters. It could be uh, sons and daughters to parents. How long you have been there? Uh, it could be siblings to each other. You've been hurt by somebody. Uh, it could, it could be friend to friend. Uh, sometimes we walk around relationships, and uh, we, we think you know our relationship. Everybody poops smell like roses. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nobody nobody ever gets offended in my house. Nobody ever yells. At my, no one's ever upset. At my. You know my kids are crazy, right? They're always upset by each other. It's like, what is going on? It's like, man, you see, it's so easy to get wounded, isn't it? It's so easy to, to only see the negative. It's so easy to only remember the things. And for some of you, that's all you ever saw. Maybe you grew up in a house that was close. Like, maybe your family prayed together, had, sat at dinner together, like, just had fun. You look back at your childhood, and it was like, this was amazing. I wish every kid had this. But there's also those moments where, like, you probably felt uh, misunderstood. Maybe you felt invisible. Like, maybe you really had your heart selling something and it didn't work out. He didn't tell anybody. Like, we have these wounds that we carry. And for a lot of us, we grew up in a not-so-good home. Let's be real. A lot of us grew homes where maybe there was an absent parent, maybe emotionally, or maybe you grew up in a family where, like, that person just wasn't there. Like, one of my best friends, he didn't meet his dad until recently, 32 years old. Like, he just grew up and didn't have that. Maybe you grew up in a, a broken home. man. not just broken like it's, it's you're split, but, like, broken where there's, like, something happening. There's some kind of abuse. Maybe you come home and it's just super angry all the time, just full of negativity. Like, there's not, there's not moving in a positive direction. You just kind of feel like you're always getting dumped on. And, you know, maybe you grew up in a home uh, where somebody always replaced you with something else. Maybe your dad or mom chose alcohol. Maybe you chose a substance. Maybe you chose a thing called work. Come on, somebody. We do that way too much, guys. Like, we're working all these crazy hours. We're not there for our kids. It's so easy to do. Like, you can easily get in the spot where you get wounded. And this is the families we grew up in. You know, maybe you look back in your life, you're like, man, my childhood, I'm trying to remember some good memories, and you're kind of having a hard time doing it. But you had a heart full of pain. Now I believe today there's a lot of wounded warriors in our world. There's a lot of wounded warriors probably in the house today. For some of you, you can relate to this maybe on a small scale. And some of you guys can relate to this on a really big scale. And so what I want to do today is I want to ask God and his word to just penetrate your heart and just make you new today. Because God wants to heal your wounds. So pray with me if you can. Father God, just thank you so much for who you are, God. We know in the name of Jesus, God, through your stripes that we are healed. And for some of us who walked in here with a limp we not, may not know we had. Maybe we came in here and there's some baggage from the past and we just struggle getting past that. Maybe we don't see ourselves the way you see us. And we just see ourselves maybe as some words spoken over us or maybe as I'm just destined to be like so-and-so or so-and-so. But today I'm just believing God, through your power and your spirit, God, that you can heal some wounded warriors. There's some of us that need to hear these words today. God, that you are proud of us and you love us. God, you believe in us. And so, God, I pray you give us the words that maybe we can't often say. We can say that I'm sorry or you can forgive me or I made a mistake. God, help us to heal what's right. Help our relationships to be restored. God, help us all that is broken to be put back together. And if we can't change what's happened in the past, but God, we're going to redefine our future today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Man, today we're going to look at two different stories uh, in, the, in the Bible. And both stories are stories of warriors and their sons. The first story, it is a tragic story. It's one of the stories you're going to get to the end and go, that was depressing. Uh, it's like the Titanic. Come on, somebody. It's just how it goes. just keeps going. Down and down and down. There's no positive part of this whole story. And the second story is going to be a heartwarming story of a warrior to a son as well. The first story is an Old Testament story of a warrior named David. Now, David, man, he was a mighty warrior. Matter of fact, he would come back to the city and the streets would be lined with women cheering on David. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about David. You can see it now, right? Like the parade, like we're waiting for the Chiefs parade to come to Cass County. Come on, somebody. You saw that on Facebook, but whatever. They're not doing it yet. That's just a, it's an ask. They're asking. Okay. But anyway, but that's what it was, right? And so David comes in. All these women are cheering like, hey, you know what? Uh, Saul had his thousands, but David has his 10,000s. Oh, David, you know. And David knew he was the man. Like, he had he, he all together. And so this, this is his story about his son. Matter of fact, he got into a fight with his son. It was a battle he didn't think he was going to ever face. I mean, he always had kingdom versus kingdom or nation versus nation. But in this moment, in this season of his life, it was father Versus son, It was going to get real. It was going to get bloody. It was going to be a bad season. It's one of the most tragic stories ever found in the Bible about the father's wound. This is kind of depressing, isn't it? You guys depressed yet? Nope? Good. I know Brian, he he told us this would be a positive, great day, so we're going to get there, right? But King David, man, he had a son named Absalom. Absalom, he was was getting bitter about some things that happened between him and his brother. He has a half-brother named Amnon, and his half-brother... And he had a sister named Tamar. i got to slow down here. sister named Tamar, half-brother named Amnon. And so Absalom, he finds out what happens between Amnon and Tamar. His half-brother tragically ended up raping his sister Tamar. And so Tamar is David's daughter. And so now Absalom's looking for his hero, his dad, this mighty warrior that's killed his 10,000s to do something to Amnon. Like, what are you going to do about that, dad? And his dad found out, and he was furious, but he had no consequences for Amnon. And so on the inside... Absalom begins to get very bitter. He begins to get enraged about his dad, and so two years pass and his bitterness has grown. And one day, his brother Amnon has a party, and he gets drunk. He gets wasted, and Absalom goes, "This is my moment." And he orders his troops because Absalom was a warrior. And he orders troops to kill his half brother, and they did. Now it's brother murdering brother, and so Absalom runs for three years, and nobody hears from him. Man, you guys thought your family was dysfunctional. Come on, somebody. Like, I don't know about you. Maybe you have that story. I hope you don't, right? And so he's hiding. I mean, it's like a Jerry Springer episode, isn't it? I just love the Bible so real, you know? Like, you wouldn't write this if, if, if man wrote the Bible, this story. Do you think this would be in the Bible? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. This is so real. This is awesome. You guys are like, what, what chapter is this in the Bible? Where am I going to find this at? Well, we're going to get there today. Man, two years later, um, or three years later, Absalom comes back home, and he goes back to Jerusalem. And you think that, like, Absalom and David got back together. Like, I love to tell you that he said, Dad, I love you. Man, I made a mistake. And Dad's like, I did too. And they cried. They hugged it out. They did the man thing. They punched each other. You know what I'm saying? And it all worked out. And all generations were changed because they forgave each other and moved forward. Now, i love for that to be the story. But that's not the story that happened. Matter of fact, David finds out that Absalom's coming home. And this is what David says to his leadership about his son. It's found in 2 Samuel 14. So David says to his leadership. Absalom may go to his own house. But he must never, never, never come into my presence. And so Absalom didn't see, oh, well, it's not his dad. He didn't see the king. Because that's who David was to his son, a king. And that's how the story goes. So David is bitter. He's enraged. That his kid's coming home, doesn't want to see him. I wonder how many of us live in that same story. I don't know about you, but there's weird people in every family, right? And there's weird situations. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't elbow somebody. This isn't the time, right? And if you're thinking, I don't know who that is, it's you. Come on, somebody, right? Like, what's the weird thing? Oh, it's me, right? I'm just telling you, maybe you're in that situation right now. Maybe, maybe it's somebody in your family that you're just like, man, I'm not picking the phone up on that person, Like, I'm not going to reach out to that person. Maybe it's that person you blocked on Facebook. Come on, somebody, right? Nobody blocked anybody in 2020. I know that. Never would have happened, right? Nobody unfriended you or left your life or fell apart. I'm just telling you, that's the season we're walking through, some of the darkest, hardest times relationally. Maybe there's somebody in this very town that lives maybe across the street, maybe around the corner, and you don't see that person anymore on purpose. You kind of avoid them. You see them outside, you're like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? They don't see me, right? let's be real. There might be somebody in your own home you don't talk to. I mean, you may be doing life side by side. I mean, you may be doing the dishes, maybe, right? And you may be cooking, but you're not doing life soul to soul. Like that relationship, that marriage is hurting. Or maybe it's a son to a father, or maybe a mom to a daughter, whatever it is. It's hurting this season. And for some reason, you feel like there's no trust or there's falling apart. Maybe you feel angry. Maybe you've been let down. Maybe that parent wasn't always there for you. Maybe as a kid you said this about your parents. I'm not sure if you have or not, hopefully you haven't. But maybe as a kid you said, man, my, my mom, my dad, whoever it is in your life, man, has never ceased to disappoint. I don't know if you ever thought that way before. I know I felt that way in a season of my life. I was like, man, they say they're gonna be there, but they never show up. Like I'll be there at eight o'clock and just never come. You been there before? You have been there when they said, man, they, they, they say one thing but do another? Like, they always exchange time with you with time with something else. Maybe it was a substance, or maybe it was alcohol, or maybe it was a oh, job. Maybe you didn't have time for you. Maybe it didn't show up. In that season, you could be broken, right? And there's a wound that just stabs you in the heart, and you begin to question your own identity as a warrior. You don't realize who you're made to be because you're focused on this pain around you. You know, maybe as a parent, uh, your son or daughter, maybe you just you love them to death, but maybe you're embarrassed by something they did and that you can't see eye to eye. You're embarrassed by an action they had, and you're like, man, I wish you would, but the way David was with his own son, Absalom. You know, I believe David wanted to contact Absalom. I believe he cared for Absalom. Matter of fact, because there's more of the story. When you get to the end of the story, David said he would have gave his life for his kid, but he was too wounded to pick up the phone. Does this story sound familiar to anybody? I don't know. As a pastor for the four years here at Real Life, I'm telling you, that story is all too Familiar. There is not a week that goes by they don't hear about a relationship exploding. It's like the ninth hour, right? It's like nuclear explosion. Can I encourage you today that there's a wound in your life, you need to heal it because that wound just gets deeper and gets bigger and gets harder. Matter of fact, this is what happens in the story with David. It's a heartbreaking story. See, David, his story about his son just kept sinking like the Titanic. And Absalom, he decides to raise up some troops he gets so bitter and angry at his dad that he begins to mount an army that's going to attack one of the greatest warriors of the time. He's trying to take over the city. I don't know about you. You had some fight in your houses. Maybe some doors getting slammed. Does that sound familiar? Maybe you take off the door. I took the door off of my teenage one time. I said, you don't need a door. Nope. <laughs> no, no, be done. That's just me, huh? I was construction. I know how to take a door off. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to fix the door. Gonna take it off. No freedom now. Maybe that's the story. But David, this is what he does. He says, you know what? We're going to go to battle. And so David gears up for one of the hardest battles of his life and begins to fight his kid. Right before the battle starts, he tells his soldiers, he says, whatever you do, be gentle to my son Absalom. Don't hurt him. Don't kill him. You better be gentle with him. I find it ironic that David wanted other people to care about his son more than he did. I find it ironic that he was willing to tell them that by not willing to tell Absalom anything. And the story moves forward where Absalom is riding through the forest. He's got this long, flowy hair. He gets stuck in the trees. You can't even write this stuff, right? It rips him off his horse. It's like this brave heart moment. And his troops, led by Joab, find out that he's been ripped from his horse, and he's in the woods. And they run in there, and they take three spears and jam it through his heart and kill him. This is how the story ends. Absolutely crazy. And David finds out what happens between his troops and his son, and his heart is crushed. It says the 2 Samuel 18, 33, it says the king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, "O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. There is no happy ending to this story. You know there's no happy ending when you don't heal the wounds in your life. There's no redemption, There's no right direction. This is just how the story ends. That is sad. I just wanna encourage you today that this doesn't have to be your story. This doesn't have to be your story. Somebody needs to hear this. This doesn't have to be your story. It's so many people's stories. I'm telling you, there's so many of us that are walking with a limp on the inside, you don't know you're walking with it until you see something like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pastor, dude, that's making too much sense right now. Like, I've been angry for years. I've been living trying to prove myself to somebody that he doesn't care about me. And today, I believe God wants to do some healing work in your life. Are you guys ready for a better story? That was a depressing story, wasn't it? Are you guys ready for a better story? i bet you are. That was a sad story. You get to church. I went to real-life church today, and I, was, I started crying. I was depressed, you know? This is a good story. This second story is also about a warrior and a son. This is about the greatest warrior of all time. is a heavenly father. That conversation he has with his son, Jesus. And this is an amazing story that's gonna speak into our lives. And there's some things that we're gonna glean from this and see there's some healing that's gonna happen inside your life because of the words of a father to a son that we should share. And so today, I'm gonna to jump in to this passage of scriptures found in Matthew chapter three, verse 16. It says this. It so says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And I'll stop right there. This moment was so important. See, Jesus had come. He was born of a virgin. He was sinless. He's not been preaching. He's not been healing. But the moment he gets baptized, his ministry starts. And so God the Father shows up in this highlight moment of Jesus. He peels back heaven, and he says this from heaven to Jesus. He says, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Man, there's three things that every warrior needs to hear growing up. Now, I believe that as a young boy, you become a man of faith through other men of faith. Now, I believe as a young girl, you become a lady of faith because of other ladies of faith. And this is the only picture in the Bible where you have God the Father speaking to his son and leading him. This is absolutely incredible. Glimpse into how the Father and the Son communicate. And so there's three things that God does here that's absolutely incredible. He tells Jesus, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, and no matter what, I'll always love you. Man, can we use those words in 2021? Come on, dude. We need to hear those words. Matter of fact, I love this. Here's here's God the Father. He gets out of the water. You can see him. His hair is pulling back because Jesus had long hair. He was doing his thing. All of a sudden, like, the clouds part, and you can just hear this voice. That's my boy. That's my boy right there. You can, whoa, dude. You know, you can just hear him just say this. He said, I'm proud of you. I know you're doing great stuff. Keep up the good work. Hey, you see him right there? He's all dripping wet. Yeah, that's my son. That's him. He's doing it. He's killing it. He's absolutely incredible. Jesus, I got your back. Man, no matter what, you know you're going to face some big stuff, but just do it. Just follow the plan. You're going to make it happen. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I always will love you. This is a picture of affirmation and affection that every man should show to his own kids, that we should show to each other. And oftentimes we can miss this. I love that we have a visible picture of this in the Bible, aren't you? I don't know about you. That's not the world I grew up in. You grew up in that world? Not very people hear those words, Now, I think it's absolutely incredible that God says that to His son. You know, as moms and dads, you have a you have a, a role that is so important in your life; it's irreplaceable. And as a mom, you are you have this role of a nurturer. You get to help your sons and daughters grow and care for them and love on them. And my little girl, she's two years old, and it's so cute. She gets hurt or she uh, gets offended, which is like I don't know, real easy, you know, because your older brother likes to poke on her and stuff, right? And Emery, she's tough, dude. She's Jack. He's She's gonna get ran over by her, I'm telling you. She she's got him under her finger. She is way tougher than Jack is right now. And so she'll she, she'll get hurt and she'll be upset or something. I'll say, you okay, Mary? I wanna talk to mommy. I don't need daddy's help, you know. So she goes, Stiffs on me. She's get yeah, out of my way, get yeah, out my way, I'm doing my. So she goes to mommy, you know, and because mom's so nurturing. How oh, you know Are you kidding? Oh man, you listen to her, She knows what I'm gonna say, dust it off. it will grow back. You got nine more, don't you, girl? You'll be okay. Just put some dirt in it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or like to say from major pain, you may take away that pain. Let me see your finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right? You know, I, mean, I don't do that to my kids, but I do. But I don't. But I do. <laughs> right? This is what we are. We're guys. We're like, get tough, you know? I mean, they will cry about everything. They're like, save your tears, dude. Save your tears. One day you'll need them for something a little bigger. This isn't no a big deal. Just save those little tears. It's good. You'll be fine. But it's so easy to, as a as a as a dad you just miss that nurturing side. That's what moms do, right? And uh, I don't know about you, but like I grew up, my mom was my biggest fan. Come on, somebody. She's still my biggest fan. She's probably watching this right now. She watches it every single week. If she can't find it online, I mean during at the movie, she's ready to kill me, somebody, you know what I mean? Like she couldn't, she's not tech savvy anyway. She couldn't find it. Where is that at? You know, like, oh my, sorry you missed it. But she's my biggest fan. I mean, she's like, that was a great message. I'm like, that message was terrible, but she loved it. I remember growing up in high school, I mean, all grown up, but always she always believed in me. You can do this. You can make it happen. You're gonna do something great. You're gonna be special. I mean, I, I remember going through a breakup, you know, and all that stuff. And she's like, "Don't worry, there's more fish in the sea." I didn't believe her, but at the time, you know. But just like moms, you know. Dad's like, "Suck it up, whatever. You'll be fine. It'll be good." You know, guys. We have a hard time sh- sharing affection, don't we? We always do like kind of counterintuitive. Like we gotta say like, if "You love somebody you're like this." I love you, bro. You gotta be like, kind of like that junk, like that drunk side of you. I love you, bro. Like it's not from the heart, you know. It's just like kind of like yeah, we're just gonna put it in there, or like you, uh, you basically build somebody up by tearing them down, right? Like for instance, you just punch guys you like, you know? Boom! It's like thanks, dude. Yeah. Love you, bro. Boom. That's what we do, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? At last last gathering, lady told me like, dude, I'm I am a man? Because she's punching people. <laughs> Put some dirt in it. Yeah, you know, she's like, like, that's not what I'm saying. But you know what it is? Us guys, you know how we we do this with, with guys. You're like, man, how how did loser like you get a girl like that? You know what I'm talking about? It's like just tear him down. Like, oh, thanks, dude. It's so awesome. Dude, try that with a girl, right? How loser like you get a girl like that? Jared told me he said that guys, uh, how do you say it? He's not in the room. I want to quote this. Oh man, I'm gonna miss this. Guys compliment each other by tearing them down. They don't really mean it. And girls. Compliment each other by building them up, but don't mean it either. <laughs> it's pretty good. It was worth trying to remember that. Nice job, Jared. And I think Jason posted that, so whatever. We're going off track here, but it, it's all sorts of fun. Man, but as dads, we need, we need to share some, share some affirmation. We need to be able to give back and, and let our kids know know about that. If you're a single mom or a mom, your son needs to hear words of affirmation from a male voice. They need to hear that somewhere. Now, it doesn't have to be their dad. Come on, Somebody. Like you have little kids, it doesn't have to be their dad, but it has to be somebody in their life. It has to be somebody that has to care about them and say that, somebody you trust. Now, if you're a single mom, it's not an indictment against being a single mom. That's why God made church, amen? You have people that love God, God God-fearing men that can look into your boy's life and say, you know what, son? You have what it takes. You can do it. I believe in you. No matter what, I've got your back. You're not your father's son. You're made in the image of your heavenly father. Like you can make it through this. I'm always here for you. That's what you get at church, Amen? Like, we don't, you don't get to hear me come up here and preach. That's cool. Whatever, right? But you get to meet people that are going to change your life forever do some healing inside your heart. Hashtag life groups. You need to get ready to get one, get in one. in that freedom group that we're going to talk about a little later on, I'll encourage you to be a part of that. We ask every single person that comes to our church in the first year of being here to go through a freedom group because there's some wounds in our hearts that we have to heal. And I promise you, if you don't heal those wounds, they are going to exploit themselves. And they're going to show themselves in ways you may not know about until it's too late, like David and Absalom. Can I encourage you, as men in the church, man, to find somebody that's maybe walking with a limp around here? I don't know about you, I walk with a limp sometimes. You ever get a little self-pity? Am I good enough for this? It's like, what are you talking about? Where'd that voice come from? Of course you are. You're made in the image of God. The stripe by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. You are good because God is good. You need to remind of these things in your life that you are strong enough. That is who we are. You know, my dad, he was super sarcastic. That's what I told you, right? He's deeply heartfelt sarcastic. I mean, all the way through all nine yards. And let me give you an illustration of what this looks like in my life. And I love my dad dearly, and I know how he deals with life, and he deals with sarcasm, and so I just take it with a grain of salt. But here's a little illustration of what this looks like. My grandpa, he's 99 years old. He passed away on Thanksgiving Day. And my, my grandpa, I consider him a hero at every level. He was a hero in the war. He, he joined World War II the day after Pearl Harbor enlisted himself. Signed up and fought in all sorts of crazy battles, lucky to even survive. And my grandpa, he held a family together for 70 years. He was born on Thanksgiving and died on Thanksgiving. How crazy is that? It's a crazy, do the stat, it's crazy. So my grandpa passes away and it's kind of weird because my, most of my family's Catholic but my grandpa's Methodist. And so what do you do with that for a funeral, right? You call Sean Petrie. I mean, I don't know what they're getting into but they called me up. They said, Sean, you wanna do this funeral? Uh, which they actually didn't say it that way. It was, can you read a poem? And I said, oh, cool. Is anybody else reading anything? They're like, no. <laughs> so I'm just reading a, That's it. Just reading a poem and gone? Pretty much. I mean, it's like, what am I doing? They're like, oh, it's about 15 minutes or something, or five minutes, or 20 minutes, or 30 minutes. Everybody had a different opinions. They didn't know what they want at all. And so we ended up doing outside as a graveside uh, you know, during COVID. And he's 99. Everybody else is they're older. So it's got to be short. So I kept this thing in eight minutes. So I'm like, I'm going to make an eight minute message. I'm going to do this thing, right? And you got to keep in mind, you don't know this. But my dad's never been to my church. Matter of fact, my dad's never seen me speak. He doesn't know what a pastor really does. He thinks a pastor is a busy guy. He had no idea what I do. He did not know what, what prayer is like. He doesn't know what raising a family is like. He has no idea anything at all. So it's crazy. I'm like, the first time these guys going to hear me speak is at his dad's funeral. Everybody else had crazy expectations, but hey, they didn't want Jesus, but they called Petrie. They're going to get a little bit of Jesus in this message. That's what I'm going to do. And so I show up to the funeral, and... Um, my grandpa had a poem he wanted read. It's the only thing he wanted, this poem he wrote. This poem is classic, classic Peachtree poem. It goes like this, and I don't know how you're gonna follow this, but this is what he said. Something like this, I'm just paraphrasing a little bit. I don't have it exactly memorized. But he said it, he goes, uh, here lies Jack, which by the way, my son's named after my, my grandpa, because he's a hero. He said, here lies Jack, he did his best. If all is well, he'll be at rest. But if he didn't do so well, that old St. Pete is going to send him straight to hell. What do you do with that? <laughs> Come on, dude. pretty matter of fact, right? He t- said it what it is, right? This is what it is, it's reality. So I, I so I tell him a story about my grandpa and during the war and being a war hero and dancing and all this stuff. He's just, phenomenal guy you know all this stuff and then I read his poem and everybody in my if you're around my family that was that's a great joke right there you know they'll laugh and oh yeah super sarcastic you know know, and then I I talk about the gospel and everybody starts getting like one of these things Whoa, it's getting hot out here in the cold weather they're they're coughing you know it's getting too long I I talked not even preached for eight and a half minutes because I practiced so hard to keep this thing short okay I get done and everybody never see me preach like, oh, that was amazing. Oh, you're so gifted. All these people. I'll go with my dad. Here's how sarcasm works. Dude, that was good. It was just 10 minutes too long. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it, you know? That's what you get. That's what you get. And as guys, we miss so many opportunities to be a hero, to be a warrior builder. You're either giving wounds or you're healing wounds. You know that? You're either hurting people or helping people. Which one are you? How was how that working out? I want encourage you, choose your words wisely. I'm not mad at my dad or nothing. I love my dad. I knew that meant the world when he said that. But we had to speak from the heart, man. Are you hearing me? Warriors talk from the heart. Like, you can say this, dude, I've made a mistake. There's some phrases you start to learn as a warrior. It's not just on the battlefield. It happens in the kitchen. Like, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you. I made a mistake. Can you forgive me? I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And I love you no matter what. Do you think we could build some warriors with those words? Do you think you might be able to change a generation in front of you with those words? Do you think maybe your son or daughter may get something more out of your life than maybe you got from the people in front of you? Do you think maybe God's calling you to be a man of faith and a woman of faith today that can change a generation just because of not what you do, because it's who you are? So I'm gonna tell you something. Just because you're wounded doesn't mean you walk with a limp, amen? Just because you're wounded doesn't mean you walk with a limp. It's so easy to blame somebody about something. And if I had that person or that family, or I lived here, I did this. No, that's not the problem. The problem is that we've replaced. We just see ourselves as somebody saw us. Like you might think you're your father's son and you will always be your father's son, but you're not your dad. Can I just tell you today you're not made in your earthly dad's image? I mean, genetically speaking. Reality is you're made in the image of God, the Father. Amen. There's something inside of you. You are a man, whether you want to agree with it or not. You have what it takes. You can do it. You know how to forgive people. You see, Jesus, you have the image of Jesus, the image of God in your life. You know what it's like to walk through hard stuff and still say, I love you. You know what it's like to have the grace of God, but we have to receive this today. Can I tell you as dads and moms, as sons and daughters, you cannot give what you do not receive. You can't love somebody unless you've been loved, amen? You can't look somebody in the eyes and say, hey, I've been in there, man, I love you. I made mistakes too, but I love you. You can't give that away. Maybe that's a problem with the generation. We've just lost our hearts. We've lost a heart. Like maybe the generation just started replacing everything with a like and not with the love of God. Maybe it's just that serious. There's so much going on this season. There's so many people hurting. And all it takes is one warrior to change a generation. And that's you, regardless if your dad said that or not, or your mom said that or not, or so-and-so said that or not. That's why I love teachers and coaches, because they make a choice to pour into people's lives. I love ministry people, because they choose to see the best in others. And there's something that healing inside, happened inside their heart that they can give away to somebody else. And that's the freedom found in Christ that we talked about earlier. That's a brave heart moment where the spirit of the Lord is there. Is freedom? You can't buy that. You can't smoke that. You can't get high enough to have that. That's the kind of life we're talking about, and that's what warriors do. I Man, can you imagine David's story? And how different it would it be if he would just called his son, said, "Why don't you come to my house? Let's just talk this out." Why'd well, have to end up with a war? Why'd well, have to end up with somebody dying? But we always hear this. I never thought I'd get this far. I never thought we'd be here. I'm telling you, if you need help, get help. There is men in this house that would help you right now. If you could just call me, you just call a lot of these guys. If you just look at your neighbor and say, man, I need some help. They would help you. And as men, if we see somebody walking with a limp, you know what we do? We just come up beside them and say, hey, come here, son. Let me teach you something. You pull them on your shoulders. Can I just tell you, I'm so thankful and blessed to have men of God in my life. Yeah, I didn't grow up in church. It's pretty obvious probably for most people. But at age 15, I came to Christ because uh, some hot smoking girl brought me there, my wife, chasing foxes, right? She was missionary not dating because we weren't dating, but we dated all each other's friends. It's kind of, it's Jerry Springer episodes, you know what I'm saying? And um, but anyway, I, I come to Christ in high school But I was so blessed to have men of God in my life. There's men of God that stood up and said, they didn't know me hardly from anybody. And they said, man, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. If you need anything, you come to me first. I'm always here for you. These guys, they made a way for me to go to youth activities. They they didn't leave any excuse for me not to show up. They said to me, they said, hey, why don't we start talking about Jesus? Let's get together for Bible study. Let's hang out. I was like the only dude who showed up for three years. Come on, somebody. I was the only dude that came from my high school for two years only guy that drove from Ray South to a church that wouldn't even Ray South district just because there was one man that believed in me more than one man really. They cared about me. When it came time and God called me and I surrendered everything to Jesus and I said, God, I've been about myself, but I be about you. I don't know what that is. You know who supported me? My spiritual fathers. There's people in my life that saw something in me I didn't see in myself. When I made a decision to do everything opposite of what the world said, these men stepped up and they said, you know what, I'm not going to let you fail. You can't fail. I'm your safety net. If you need something, I've got it. My car broke down in college. This guy gave me a car. I didn't ask for a car. I'm not that kind of guy. Maybe I should be. I'm not. I don't go to people and go ask for stuff like that. I would not even think about it. And all of a sudden, here's a car shows up. And you know what, it wasn't the most sexy car. Come on, somebody. It was a Ford Escort. It was like that teal green, it was a manual. It wouldn't go 45 down the highway, downhill. Come on, somebody. Me. I'm not too good for it. It goes, right? But that's the kind of guy that these people were. they'd give their shirt off their back for you. That's the kind of guys we're called to be. It's called generous people. Open-handed people lead the kingdom, amen? And you look at somebody and say, guess what? I'm gonna help you every step of the way and you're gonna make some mistakes. You know, when it came time well, now you fast forward to like my age. I got four kids. Once adopted in through home, probably don't know the math on this. All right. I'm just thankful I had men in my life when I was 18 and 15 and 22 and 35 today. I'm thankful there's men in my life that are warriors. And they say, it's okay, buddy. I've been there too. Oh, that happened to you? Yep, so-and-so, they're upset about that? Us too. Only that many? Yeah, I've been there, bro. Like you can do this. I'm proud of you. Man, I love you. I'm just thankful and blessed to have them in my life. Can I encourage you to get those kind of relationships in your life? You're like, where do I get them at? Life groups, guys, you're sitting next to somebody. I mean, how dare we leave here without a number? I mean, when in the world did we show up to church and we just got something from the pastor on stage and went home? Like there's people next to you, leave with a number. Go find somebody and say, how are you doing? You doing good? Can I pray for you? You doing good? I mean, there's a reason somebody's here, they didn't show up because they just were, like magic want to see me or something. They came here because God wants to do work in their life. What will be different in this generation if we were people who healed somebody's wounds. Well, are the kind of people who looked at ourselves and said, you know what? Must have been some na- There's nasty stuff in my past. There's been some problems in my past. There's been some wounds in my past. But I'm creating the image of God. The Bible says in Isaiah that it's by Jesus' wounds that we are healed. It's through his stripes that bring us healing. You know what? You don't have to pay for your wounds, amen? You don't have to clean up your mess before God does a work in your life, amen? You don't have to be perfect before God starts to move you. Come on, somebody but we expect that from so many other people. We don't have to expect that. Come on, bring your best in the real life. Come on, somebody. Bring your baggage in, bring your hurt in, bring your pain in, bring your relationship issues in, bring all the hard stuff in. Don't come here looking perfect. How dare you do that? How dare we insult God by looking like something we're not? Let's just let God do something inside of our hearts. Let's just be real, maybe for the first time, a long time with our spouses or with our kids. Some of you guys need to get knee to knee and toe to toe with your kids your spouse and say, I love you. Dude, This last year has been tough, but I'm here for you. I'm not going to let you fail. You know what you get to do when you're a warrior as a dad? You get to build warriors. You get to build warriors. Let me tell you what it looks like. When I was in college, I got pretty burned out. Bible calls life, you know, it's a, it's a bubble. You know, and it wasn't everything you expect life to be. And I was still in that stage of wounded, upset. I was mad at my dad, I was mad at life and things weren't exactly the way I wanted to be. And I turned down a lot of stuff to be at this place. And it's not like everything I thought. And so my spiritual father calls me up and says, uh, I mean, how you doing? I said, well, it's kind of terrible. You know, I don't like this and this and this is a problem. Da, 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 da. And he tells me, he said, every word of your mouth is completely selfish. What? You're supposed to agree with me, right? But I can tell you sometimes a warrior got to call somebody out, don't you? Sometimes you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a withdrawal today. I've had a lot of deposits, but today, you need to step up and be a man. If it was easy, anybody could do it. Do you think running a church is going to be easier than going to Bible college? About broke the podium in the mic. But do you think it's going to be easier? Do you think it's going to be easier raising raising a family? I mean, all the stuff you're talking about is so small. So just kind of grow up, dude. Be a man. God's got this. And you know what? He didn't treat me that way day one. Come on, somebody. But as a man, you have some of your life that says, you know what? You can do better. Like you're called for something better. And I learned something that day. I said, like, you know what? This isn't a problem. And that day forward, I decided to be like Brian. <laughs> I said, God put me home on purpose. I don't make the rules. I don't break the rules. God's put me here. I'm gonna make the best of every single situation. I know God's a plan for my life. I'm gonna become a leader. I'm gonna start serving. I'm gonna run outreach events. I'm gonna start serving kids. I am going to why I'm focused on myself in this season. This is a season you die to yourself. In that season I was forged into a warrior. Can I encourage you that we are called to be a warrior today? Any warriors in the house, come on. Get a few of you in the house. You guys ready? You guys ready to get your families back this season? You ready to fight for somebody? Come on kids, you ready to fight for your family? Ready to give your mom and dad a second chance? Are you ready? Are you ready to stand up to the man that God's called you to be? Maybe no one's told you this before, but you are a man of God. God will break everything through for you. He'll forgive every piece of brokenness, every word spoken over you that was negative. He'll heal you from the inside out. Some of you guys need to say today, no more Satan, you cannot have my family, amen? Some of you need to say that out loud. You can't do it today. You can't have my future. You can't have my finances. You can't have my job. You can't have my time. You can't have that habit. Not today, Satan, because I have a call in my life. I'm a warrior. I'm set free. I'm not my father's son, but I made the image of my heavenly father. I'm going to lead my family well. Maybe one day my dad will come to Christ. Maybe one day I'll plant so many seeds of the gospel. Maybe at a funeral one day, and the message of hope will come to my family. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's your story. Or maybe the person that's like hey man my life's going great well there's so many people in this in this room today that you could reach out to and you could be a kingdom builder a warrior builder you know what you need to do just join the youth group come on somebody you're 50 years old i'm too old for youth group no you're the right age for youth group i love it when young people get connected to a warrior i love it it's addicting to set people free in the name of jesus does that make you excited it makes me excited I know I'm excited about the game today for the Chiefs to win, come on, somebody. But I'm more excited about changing a generation and building warriors. Father, come before you. God, I pray you just do a work in our hearts and our lives. God, change us and shape us. God, that we would see through new eyes. God, that we let go of some of the pain and the hurt from the past, and we give people another chance. God, I pray that we learn the words that I'm sorry, that we can, can you forgive me? I made a mistake. God, help us to be humble. Help us to build some relationships because we're better together. God, help us to see with fresh eyes before it's too late. God, help us as our marriages to be healed. If we made mistakes, God, give us grace to move forward. God, help us to realize this world is not about us and it's all about you. God, we're thankful that you sent Jesus and his stripes to heal us today. I wanna talk to one group of people today that said, you know what? God's calling me to be a warrior today. I was, I've been wounded, we've all been wounded, but today I choose to step out as a warrior. I choose to find somebody that's gonna help me in my life. I choose to be different today, because I know I'm not wounded. I am healed today through the power of Jesus. And if that's you, and you say, what, well, God's calling me a warrior today, would you put your hand in the air and say, I am a warrior today in the name of Jesus. Come on, put those hands up across the room, that is you today. You're healed, I see hands all across this place. God, do a work in our hearts, God, that we can't do ourselves. God, we've been trying. We've been trying to do this our own way. But today, God, I pray that we would see the fresh eyes and see the grace of God, that you replace our pain, God, with purpose. God, you'd use every negative thing for a positive thing. What men meant for evil, you meant for good. And so God, use it to direct our paths, God, that we would change a generation of people in the future. God, starting with ourselves and our family, our community, the world. I want to talk to one more group of people today. And those of you who say, you know what? I need Jesus. Let's be real. There's a battle going on for your soul today. And Jesus it on the cross. See, Jesus, he was the perfect son of God. And he came and by his stripes on the cross, the Bible says we were healed. What's that mean? It means that God took all of your wrongs and exchanged them for all his rights on the cross. And anybody who calls on Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new today. So maybe today you'd say, I need Jesus. I Man, I need him in my life. I've been heard. I've been searching for a purpose, but today I know Jesus is a warrior for me. And if that's you, you say, you know what, I need new life in Jesus. I need freedom in Jesus. I need new purpose in Jesus. Maybe online in the room. If that's you, you, just put your hand in the air and say, I need Jesus today. I need to start a relationship with him. Come on, maybe like that today. Say, I need Jesus. one's gonna call you out? But I need hope in Christ. And if that's you, just pray this prayer and say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your best. Sending Jesus, the warrior that died for me, that came to this corner of the universe and exchanged all my wrongs for his rights. Man, I've been doing it my way. I didn't know this existed. I know I'm gonna create your image today, God, so I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And so I want you to do a work in my life. God, you can have it, use it. and praise in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, come on, let's give up for the warriors in the house today, come on. All you guys are warriors. If you're with us in person
4: today, or maybe you're online, and you're in that camp today that made that decision for Jesus, I want you guys to know that it's not the end of something. It's the beginning of a great journey. We don't want you guys to walk alone. We want to be right there with you. So I've got a couple of great next steps for you. If that's you today, first one is this: by text, just text us and let us know your decision by uh, going to RL next nine seven zero zero zero. We'll have a connection team member get with you over the phone just spend some time with you, make you feel at home here or alive, and just get you started off on the right foot and let you know that we care about you because God cares about you. The second one is this, is that if you happen to be with us in person, at the back of the worship center, there's a red bag inside, there's a Bible, there's a link to some other resources. Man, grab that. Another great step for you guys as you guys have uh, made just the best decision of your guys' life that you could possibly make. And again, we are so excited for you. So for everybody, I've got a couple great next steps for you as well. Pastor Sean talked about just the wounding that, most of us have, I, reality probably all of us have at some level in our lives. and Some of us have been more uh, more successful uh, at getting that wound healed than others. So if you're like the majority of us, though, we just have uh, we have a trouble just getting that fixed and just getting forward with life. So the first thing I want to invite you guys to, and Sean mentioned it, is on February the 14th, we're launching our next semester of life groups. Man, I can't emphasize how important it is for you guys to be in one. We, do, we have a great time here and I love being here on Sundays, but you really go deep and you just make friends and you make family at, at these groups that you get to just to do life with. That's why we call them life groups. And so I really wanna plug one particular group and Sean also mentioned that, it's called Freedom Group. And so these woundings that we have, they keep us down. We're almost slaves to them, we're in bondage and we know that we have salvation in Christ, but we don't have that abundant life that God's called us to have. And so within this, in this group, man, we talk about what God has called you to to be. You have a purpose, you have a calling in your life. And so many of us don't even know that. You know, we've grown up in church our whole lives and we don't realize that God just has just a a magnificent calling on your life. We believe the lie that I'm nobody. I don't have any gifts, I can't do anything. God doesn't have anything that he can use me for. And that's just absolutely not true. And so from the beginning to the end, you go through this, this life group, you'll learn about the things that hold us back, the lies that we believe. And so I really want to encourage you, I love how Sean said it, you know, if, if you have a wound, it's great for you, but we really want to encourage everybody that hasn't been through it in Real Life to get involved and get in this. We'll have a common cause and a common vision of what God's really called us to, to do and to be. The second thing I want to remind you guys is, is this is that maybe you need a little extra, and we want to be that resource for you. As always, we offer four free professional counseling sessions for any reason, anybody in the church or even outside the church. If you know somebody that's just struggling, please bring them to us. We want to be that resource so that you can be the warriors that God's called you to be to win the battle in your life. And everything we do here in life is based on a mission. That's what the best battle plans have, right? Nobody goes into a, a battle and wins and not having the mission in mind. So we do that with everything. We do that including with our giving. Everything that comes in is planned for, it's prayed over, and has a purpose. And so through that strategic giving, we know that God blesses that because we want to be a part of what God's involved with. So if God has called you to be involved here through generosity at Real Life, as always, there's three ways that you can do that. And the first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Second one is that you can text any amount to 84321 Or if you want to use a cashier check, you can drop that in the box at the back. Man, I love being on mission with you guys. I love that you guys are warriors. I pray that God just continues to your generosity in the best way that he possibly can. I want you guys to check out this video as we prepare for the next week.
0: Hey Hey everybody, everybody, this is Sam Macho. And I, along with some of my NFL friends, will be telling our stories in your church on Super Bowl weekend. So bring a friend, and experience football and faith together.
2: Hey guys, just real quick, I want to encourage you. That is going to be an absolutely incredible Sunday. And I just want to encourage you to invite people out to that. We are going to have what I've been told is specialty brats. I don't know what that means, but I will be eating several of them. So I want you to join me and invite somebody. It's a perfect week to invite somebody. If I could just encourage you, maybe you're a little timid, you're not sure, you don't want to be rejected by somebody saying, no, I don't want to come to your church. Just start praying for one person that you think would love being here, would get so much out of it. And it's just so simple to do. Just pray for them and let God do all the work. We got it? Um, also, if you need prayer up front, there will be somebody down here. We would love to pray for you. Um, anything that you need or, or want to talk about, they would love to do that. So I think that's it. We good? Okay, this time, remember, whoever <laughs> finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. There you go. See you.